Jewish audio on Chabad.org. With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Kuf. We left off on Daf Tzadik Tes Amit Beis, four lines from the bottom of the Amit. We are learning the sugya of someone, let's speak about the shaykhet, giving an animal to a slaughterer, and he messes up the shechita. And we're learning now shita, that makes a couple of points. Kaidim call, if the person is not a professional, and they messed up whatever they were supposed to do, then of course the chayif to pay, because if you're not an expert, then why did you undertake to do it? But even if a person is an expert, according to Rabbi Yechanan, we learned there's a difference whether the person was paid to do that or doing it for free. And as we already spoke out when we learned the Mishnah, that even though an Adam Hamazik is chayiv even bo'inus, but since you asked that professional here to shecht, so he had the right to work with the animal. So we view him as a shoimer. And there's a difference by shoimer between a shoimer chinim and a shoimer sacher. A shoimer sacher is more responsible. Obviously, if someone is negligent, you, no matter who is responsible, but you can't say that the shechet was negligent. The example we gave was that the animal jumped. So you should have foreseen the possibility and bound the animal better. So Rabbi Yechanan held that there is a difference between whether he was paid, whether he was not paid. Then we finished the shear last year by a different case, which is already different. In the case of a shechet, the shechet biyodayim ruined the animal. Not on purpose, but he, with his hands, Ruined the animal. It, the, the last case we left off was when a, when a person had a coin and they went over to a banker and they asked the banker for advice. And the banker gave bad advice. See here it's already different because the banker didn't actively ruin the coin. But because of bad advice, the person accepted a coin that later found out the coin is not worth or not worth as much or not worth anything. So that's still a level which we learned as we finished the last year, the two braises. So now says the Gemara story that there was a woman in the that she showed a coin at dinner to Rabchia. Rabchia was an expert in understanding currencies. And Omar Lani tells this woman, and as Rashi is going to point out, he did not charge her a fee. Nevertheless, the next day, she comes to Rabchia, and she tells him, I showed it to other people. I only accepted it because he told me it's good. Then I wanted to buy something with it. That it's a shameful coin. In other words, the coin is not worth it. It was a forgery. And it's not worth anything. I can't do anything with it. Now really, as we'll see in a moment, by the letter of the law, he didn't do anything with his hands. He was an expert. Because as we said, if you're not an expert, then you're more chayev. Why did you give advice? But here, Rabchia went beyond the letter of the law and he exchanged the coin for her. He assumed the damage. And how did he do it? He told his nephew. We know Rabchia's nephew was Rav. Rav was the nephew of Rebbe. And Rav was the nephew of Rabchia. Right? We had this in the beginning of Pesachim. So Amalayla Rav, he tells his nephew Rav, Zil, go, chalfei, nihalo, exchange the coin for her. However, Uksayf Apin Kasi, I want you to write on my ledger, Dain Eisek Bish, this was a bad deal. And to word it positively, that this was a bad deal. So first of all, you have in Rashi, the three lines from the bottom, I made a bad, uh, I did a bad geshaft. For no money. In other words, she did not pay him money to give his opinion. I did a service for free, and now Ani mafs it. In other words, if I would be a business-minded person, I shouldn't have looked at it. 
I shouldn't have given her my advice, but he didn't mean that in a negative way. Fakert, like we say in Shabbos, that call Misha that HaKadosh Baruch will pay them back. And that's life. It's important to know that when we help other people, there are times that we lose. And we should be aware of it. So if a person does something only to benefit, then you'll be disappointed. He was reminding himself, I did her a favor and I didn't benefit. I lost. Okay. You know, when you know it from the outset, HaKadosh Baruch will give the schar. But you're not disappointed when you, when you face a loss. People have complaints, you know, I did a good deed. Yeah, sometimes you do good deeds and you pay a price for it. And that's part of the mitzvah. Oh, says the Gemara, hold on. But let's not forget, says the Gemara, that him replacing the coin was beyond the letter of the law. Just like we just learned that we finished last year, that Duncan is these two experts, the Petite, since they are experts, you can't say that you shouldn't have given advice, you should have asked someone else. They didn't have to consult. Mishum Nami was an expert in coins. Lav he did not have to learn anything more. And he made a mistake, but he should not be in Chayiv to replace her coin. And again, as we just spoke out, especially since giving advice is not like a Shaykhit. He didn't do anything biyodayim. As we'll see in a moment, as we learned on that tzaddik ches, we're going to go back into the rules of garmi. You caused damage, but you didn't do damage with your hands. So the Gemara says, you're right. Rabchia was not obligated to exchange the coin. Rabchia, lefnim, yishura, sadin, odavit. Everything was gavaldic. Him giving her free advice was something that he was not obligated to do. He's exchanging the coin. He was a tzaddik. He did it beyond the letter of the law. And Kedatani Rabbi Yosef, as Rabbi Yosef taught the And this is based on a Pasik. Words that we have in Parshas Yisrael, that Yisrael was giving advice to his son-in-law, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he tells him, esem. when he tells him to establish judges, what should they do? So he tells them that you should advise them. And the Torah begins these words. Then it says, And you should make it known to them. What should you make known to them? Says the chayehem. You should make known to them their livelihood. Their livelihood means, Rashi says Talmud Torah. People ask Anashi that how can... The Braisa interpret means that they should learn Torah when the Pasuk just began, as we just quoted, that So they explained that you should instruct them that they should build houses in which to learn Torah. The AidenProject.org Build places where it's easy and comfortable and beautiful for people to learn Torah. Then when the Pasuk continues, Es haderech, what does that refer to? That refers to Gemilas Chasad. That's the ways of God. As we have, you know, etc. When it says the words, Yelchu, Yelchu goes on Birka Chaylam. They say by Birka Chaylam, you got to go. Which means you have to visit and you have to leave. Sometimes you go, you visit the sick, you don't leave. You're doing more bad than good. So Yelchu is Birka Chaylam. Arayin Arois. Unless the person wants you to be there. Ba goes to burial. By the way, Rashi asks, once you said that Berech goes to Gemilos Chasadim, why doesn't that include Bikr Chaylam and Kvura? That's also Gemilos Chesed. So Rashi answered, let's read Rashi inside on top line. Bikr Chaylam and Kvura. So Parchin of Elam Metziah, the Gemara asking about Metziah, Hainim Gemilos Chasadim. Umaykilah, Bikr Chaylam and Ben Giloi. We'll learn this in Bava Metziah. But not only is there a mitzvah to visit someone who's ill, but if you are 
what's called Ben Giloy, one meaning would be that if the person was born on the same mazel, then when they visit the sick, they actually take some of his illness. So here a person can argue, well, I don't mind doing chesed, but I'm going to become sick. So that's a special mitzvah for that. And likewise, when it comes to kvura, the reason why there's an additional hint to it, Rashi speaks from Elam Etzias, we're speaking about a zakin, that it's not in his dignity to dig. Nevertheless, for the mitzvah of kvura, he should do something that's not in his comfort zone. Back in the b'raisa. Es ha-maisa, that goes to the din. You know, you got to observe the letter of the law. And Ashi Yasun, the end of the Pasik means they shall do it on their own. No, it's, it's not something that you judges can enforce, but inspire them that they on their own should go beyond the letter of the law. That's the source of doing things. Good. Says the Gemara. Same story. Reshlakish had a coin. He didn't know whether the coin is valid or not. It might be a forgery. It might not be a forgery. Rabbi Lazar apparently was the expert. So he shows it to Rabbi Lazar. So Omar, Rabbi Lazar sees the coin and he says, Good, it's a good coin. Omar Lehi says, Rish Lakish to Rabbi Lazar, take a good look. I'm relying on you. So Omar Lehi said, Rabbi Lazar says, What do you mean by that? Why are you trying to tell me that you're relying on me? Are you trying to tell me that the e mishtakach bisha that if later you'll discover that the coin is a forgery, but in a lechlufilach that I'll be obligated to exchange it for you? You're asking me my advice. To me, it looks good. What are you telling me that I'm relying on you? Will I have to exchange it? How can you even suggest that? Says Rabbi Lazar to Reish Lakish. For oh, behold, at you Reish Lakish, who the amart. You are the one that says that Rav Meir who the Da'in Dina de Garmi. As we'll see in a moment, and as we spoke around Dav Tzadik Ches, and we had this earlier in the Mesechta, again, Bekitzer, according to most of the Rishonim, Groma and Garmi are not the same. There's direct damage, direct and immediate, Chayef. Then there is not as direct and immediate, the examples we had on Sadiq Ches, for example, would be when a person burns someone else's loan document. So they didn't burn their money, but now that you burnt their loan document, they can't collect the money. That will be, let's say, Garmi. And then Grama will be a little bit more indirect, even less immediate. Rashi holds that Grama and Garmi generally are the same. According to Rashi, According to Rav Meir, the doin dina de garmi, that would mean that Rav Meir holds that grama bin and chayef. And this opinion goes all the way down halacha lamaisa. So when people learn Baba Kama and they have this general thing, grama bin and patam adina yadam, not so simple. Because if grama and garmi are the same, and again, even according to Rashi, there are, there are some differences, but it's not for learning Adafayomi class to explain this clear. There's so many nuances in what's grama and what's garmi, and so many exceptions and so many rules v'chulei, but Rameir holds that the doin didn't de garmi. Now, when Eishlakish was the one that said that Rameir was doin didn't de garmi, so Rab Lazar understood, my love, is it not that Rameir was doin kavasi? That you were saying that only Rameir holds. And if that is what Eishlakish meant, looking at a coin and advising whether it's good or not, is called Garmi. And therefore, you, Reish Lakish, are saying, you're the one that said that only Rav Meir says that Garmi is something for which you're chayef for. Why are you telling me that you're relying on me? If anything, it's Garmi. 
I'm Potter. So Amr Leit, Eshlakish says, no. When I said that Rav Meir is the one who's doing Dina de Garmi, what I meant, what I mean is that we paskin like him. Loi, Rav Meir v'sfil on Kavose. So therefore, Eshlakish is telling Rabbi Lazar, Herzachayim, you're giving me advice. If I rely on you and the coin is a forgery, you will be chayiv. Now, what did Rabbi Lazar say to that? The Gemara doesn't record. But now finally, we mentioned on Daf Sadiq has the opinion. Now we're knowing that it's Rav Meir. Asks the Gemara, hi Rabbi Meir. Let's go find Rav Meir. Where do we find in Shas that Rav Meir says a halacha that is based on the rule that uh, you're chayiv by Garmi? So we're going to try to find it. And now in parentheses you have the simon, the mnemonic of Dalid Lamid Mempe. The Dalid is for the Mishnah, which begins with the words done. Done as din, as we'll see in a moment. The Lamid goes to the case of Litzoya. Litzboya, I'm sorry, to paint, to die. The Mem is from Hamasachech. And the Pei is from Shenifritza. The Fei in the word Nifritza, which will be Taka the proof that we know that Rav Meir holds that you're done in Dino Degarmi. So the Tran, let's begin. First Mishnah. Now, interestingly, none of these Mishnahs or Braises have Rav Meir's name in it. But there's a rule that Stam Mishnah Rav Meir. Wow. So the Tran, it says in a Stam Mishnah, Donas Din, if one, if a judge adjudicates a monetary case, a case of Din, and wrongfully, if he finds innocent someone who's really guilty, or if he finds guilty someone who's really innocent, or something that's really tahar, he said it's tummy, or something that's impure, he declared pure, says the Mishnah, what he did, his verdict stands, in other words, you cannot retract the judgment, We'll speak out something in a moment. However, or maybe therefore, the judge is liable to compensate for the monetary damage that he did. First of all, this Mishnah, that once a Bezdin gives a judgment, it has to stand, is contradicted from other Mishnahs. And one of the resolutions that we will learn, God willing together, Masechta Sanhedrin, and this is a very good general rule, which goes like this. When a person, when a judge is called Hatoya Bidvar Mishnah, if he makes a clear mistake, then of course he has to retract his ruling, because the Torah ruled otherwise. However, when this Mishnah is speaking about in a category of Dine Torah that is called his Torah B'Shikul Hadas, when the case was not a black and white rule that he forgot and he made a mistake. It's an area that is not black and white. There is no clear prior ruling on it. But had he thought it out clearer, he would have come to a different decision. That's called, you know, he made a shikladas on the wrong way. He, he, his, his mental rationale reasonings then was weak. That is a case where the Mishnah is saying, Masha Asu Asui. And therefore, since he cannot retract it, so now the judge has to make up for the has to compensate for his damage. Now let's explain that. You know, in the first two cases of the Mishnah, right? Zika Okay, clear. It's a monetary case. Someone got money, someone lost money, wrongfully. But Timei Esatohar, what monetary effect does it have? So in the case of Timei Esatohar, it must be that something that was really pure, the judge said it's tummy. So the owner with the wrong information took that food and he put it with his other tummy food. 
now it touched other Tamei food. Now that the judge realizes he made a mistake, it's too late because this food is already tummy. The problem here, and Taisva speaks about it, is on the final case of the Mishnah. Tihed es which means like this, if the, if the judge says on something that's tummy, if he says tahar, he has to retract. You can't allow the judgment to stand. So Taisva says it must be that when the person heard that's something that's really tummy is tahar, he mixed it with other tahar foods. And now it's bottle. So there's taka no monetary loss. And even though now you discovered that it's really tamay, it's already bottle. But now it was mixed already. But in any event, wherever there was a financial loss, the judge has to compensate. So now, again, what's the proof? What's the attempted proof? Think about it. A judge giving up din, like we spoke of before, someone giving advice on a coin, that's not direct, it's not biyadayim, it's in the category of garmi. He caused someone to lose money. Rav Meir says, Stam Mishnah, that the judge has to compensate. Good, that's a good proof. That even though he didn't do damage directly, he caused damage quite immediate and direct, and the judge has to pay. Yishalami Basin. Says the Gemara, that's not a proof. Why not? We already learned on this Mishnah that Omar Rab Ilah, in the name of Rav, that this Mishnah is only when does the judge have to compensate if the judge with his hands caused the damage? Let's go case by case by case in Rashi. Like fourth line from the top of the Amid, meaning, no, the, the two parties, one, had collateral. The judge took the collateral and he wrongfully gave it to the other party. So the judge, biyadayim, that's not garmi, that's not causative, he did it by himself. And likewise, the opposite, says Rashi, that someone who was not obligated to pay, the judge took money from him and he gave it to the teveya. Now, what about vitima sator? So look at this, look at the first case, that there was something that really was pure. The judge wrongfully said it was Tamei. For the judge to make an impression that it's Tamei, Rashi says, the judge took a Sheretz that was dead and he touched to it. To make it clear it's Tamei. And now we discovered that really it was not Tamei. Now it is. But he made it Tamei be a dime. Let's read it inside. The Timah Atoyer says Rashi, that the judge not al Sheretz be a dime. He took a dead creature, vizarku, that is tamay when it's dead, vizarku aleha latame, and he threw it on that item to make it tamay. Vadai. Wahazig devarav, to make clear that his words, he was so certain in his mistake, it's tamay anyway. Here, he made it tamay further. And what about Vitira Satame? How would that work out? Says Rashi, that we had the Nautil Adain, something that was tamay. The judge said it started. So what did he do? He put it amongst other fruits. And here there wasn't enough to be mavatalit. So now that we discovered that that was actually Tameh, that was Metameh, the other Paytas. So that's the case where the Mishnah, which is Takastam Mishnah Navmeir, says that the judge Yishalami Beisai, no proof from there. So the next attempted proof. Again, we're looking for a source that Rav Meir is not in Dina Dagarmi. Elohar Rav Meir Ditran. Let's buy a If a person gave wool to a dyer, metawai, D-Y-E-R, and you know, he should dye the wool. And he told him to dye it red, and the dyer mistakenly dyed it black, or the opposite black, and he dyed it red. Says Rav Meir, Now, 
the, the reason why we're trying to use this case as a proof is because when you die something, dying doesn't happen in one moment. It takes many hours for something to die. So when he put it into the vat, even though he put the wrong colors, the damage did not happen immediately. And one of the ways of defining direct damage or garmi damage or grama damage is less direct and less immediate. It was not immediate. And still Rav Meir says you have to compensate for the wool. Hive done and dear and they got me. Says the Gemara, it's no proof. Because there the dyer put it in the vat. So even though it didn't become the wrong color immediately, the moment you do something with your hands, it's not got me. That's how we started out today's year, that when we learned in the in, in Tzadik Tess, the butcher or the banker, they're not the same. The butcher is dying. The banker gave advice, but he didn't do it with his hands, and that is different. That will be one way to define Hezek versus Grama. Hasam over here in the case of the dyer, he threw it in the vat. Yes, it took time, but he put it in there. Ella, the third attempt is sort of Meir. The Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah, one of the crossbreeds that has the highest level of prohibition is crossbreeding or planting together grapes and grains. And if a person took his vines and he threw it on top of someone else's standing grain, now they were already planted. How does it work exactly? So just to know the way the halacha works, that doing that is, a, is not a good thing, but none of it is prohibited yet. If after the vines were together with the grains, each one grew more than a two hundredth, so if it grew less than two hundred, the din of climb is its bottle b'mosayim. So even if it grew a drop, if there's already two hundred or more, then you can separate it and everything is good. If you could identify what group, take that out, but the remaining is good. But the moment it stays that it grew more than the 200s, now everything becomes prohibited. Now that takes even more time. And Tysus really points out that they're both, the, the, the attempted proof from both of them is weak to begin with, because in both cases someone did something, biodayim, However, in both cases, the damage is something that takes time to happen. And you would think that the longer it takes, maybe it's no longer considered direct damage, maybe it's considered garmi. That's again the havamino. So the Mishnah says, The moment it grew, the two hundredths or more. So now everything becomes prohibited, and the genius that did it has to pay for damages. So again, in the havamino, even though it took a long time, he's chayif to pay. Doin dinan de garmi. The Mishnah doesn't have an author. So here also says the Gemara Hasam Nami, whether it takes two hours, whether it takes two weeks, who cares? You doing it does not mean Garmi. So again, where is that of Meir? So Elohad of Meir. Now what's amazing, and we, we see this very rarely, is that the rule that we know, Stam Mishnah of Meir, doesn't only go to Mishnahis, it goes to Braises. Because the proof will be from a Braises. Also without a name. But we have the same rule. Whenever there's a b'raisa without an author written in the b'raisa, by default it's Rab Meir. Now, the b'raisa says like this. Here's in the same halachas. You're not allowed to plant a vineyard together with grains. 
How much space do you have to leave in between them? Four amas. Now what happens if I have one field here and you have a field over there? I want to use my whole field. You have to use, you want to use your whole field. So interestingly, the halacha demands for the grape owner, for the vineyard owner, he is the one that has to distance himself four amas from the ed on the field. Not 50-50, not the grain, only the owner of the vineyard. There are many reasons for that. One reason is, is because the roots of vines are very deep. They go much more. Whatever the reason is, the vineyard is the one. The owner of the vineyard has to distance himself. But if there is a wall in between his vineyard and that person's grain field, then he can, each one can plant all the way to the wall. If they want to put a wall, again, the vineyard owner, he has to put the wall. So he put a wall. But now, says the Braisa, so the wall fell down, or the wall breached. So who's high to fix it? Only the vineyard owner, turning to the Afkuf So Oymar Loi, Machlek is here, where the Beisden has to tell him, whether the owner of the grain field has to tell him, and that's enough. Be that as it may, they tell him Gedar. And by the way, if he did not fix it, and it grew like we spoke out in the previous Braisa, He's chayv to pay for the damages. But let's say he fixed it. And ashlamazel, and again it broke. The nifrit sod breached again. So he has to be told, again. but if he's told to fix it, maybe by the second time, for sure by the third time, they don't have to tell him every single time. Beisden tells him, listen here, this wall is a shvacha wall. You have to fix it. And if, says the Braisen, if he gives up hope, and he doesn't fix it, and Veloy Gidra, Hareza Kiddush, the moment there is the Hoysev Bimasayim, he's Chayev Achreyu, so he has to pay for all of the damages. Now here's a great example. Over here, unlike the case of the vat and the dye, unlike the case of him putting his vines over the grains, he didn't do anything to Yadayim. The wall fell. Nevertheless, since he had an obligation to fix the wall and he didn't, Mamish Garmi, He's chayef to pay for damages. Now, by the way, this is a good source for Rashi that Garmi and Grom are the same. Because here, the damage is very distant. It's very not immediate. It takes a long time for the hoist of the Messiah to happen. And the din is, the Braises says, you chayef to pay. Stam Braises, Rav Meir. That is the source that Rav Meir holds that don dina de Garmi. Remember that. Baba Kama Kuf. Good, let's move on. Now, we had many parts of this mission a few times. Now, Gavaldik, learning it inside the Mishnah. A person gave wool to a dyer. This is a continuation from the dinim that we started to learn in the Mishnayas of you giving to carpenter wood. You're giving to a professional, to a craftsman, something to do. And again, we're saying they're not in the category of Adam Hamazig because you gave them the permission to work with it. But they made a mistake. So how do you view them? So this genius, he burnt it. Now we had on the Tzadik test the two ways. Either it first became dyed and then it got burnt, or it burned from the outset. You know, be that as it may, he ruined the wool, says the Mishnah Noisen Loi, the maid Samroi, the dyer has to compensate the owner of the wool. Next case, if he dyed it the right color, but it is a ugly color, in other words, dye it red. He dyed it red, but an ugly red, a poor quality red. The Gemara is going to clarify later that you have to know how to make dyes. And whenever you made the dyes, at the bottom of the pot, you had the inferior 
remnants. And he shouldn't have used it. And he used it. He got the color, but it was shvach. It was a poor, ugly color. So here it says the mission like this. That im hashavach the din is similar to a din that we will learn a lot in Bava Metziah. If I go over to your field without your permission, and I increase value to your field, you didn't ask me. You don't have to pay me full value for what I did. You never asked for that service. But since I added value to something that belongs to you, you have to pay me something. What will be the something? So we look at two different options. One is called the Yitzia, the expenditure, the expense. In the case of a dyer, what's the expense of a dyer? The dye, the wood, we're going to learn Lashita Srashi, and also the, the, the day labor, the money for working a day. That's called the Yitzia, the expenses. The Shavach means the increased value in the wool itself. Now, it depends on the market. Sometimes, normally, the Shavach is going to be more than the Yitzia. If not, why would anyone dye anything? But in the event of one the Shavach being less than the Yitzia, it could happen. So you invested money, and the whole market of a dyed material, you know, today with the model, with the fashion, whoever is in the Shmata business, you dye to a certain color, once it's out of the season, it has very little value. Maybe it has even less value than before. These things can happen. So what, whichever one is less expensive, that is what you demand, let's say in the example of the field owner, to pay to the non-solicited investor. Same thing over here, says the Mishnah. The dyer has to get paid something. But since he knowingly used a bad quality dye, if the improvement to the wool is more, it exceeds the, the expenditure, then pay him the lesser amount. Pay him only for the expenditure. If the expenditure is more than the, than the improved value to the wool, pay him for the improved value. Pay, you may have to pay, but you get to pay the minimum possible. Good. Continues the Mishnah. We just had this din so many times. We just had it in Ramad Aleph. Let's buy a light If a person tells a dyer, dye it red, and the person dyed it black, or shachar, black, and he dyed it red, says Rav Meir, here's the key, that the moment you deviate from that which was requested of you, you have a din of a robber. Now, what's the din by a robber? The moment you change the item that you robbed, you acquire it. You have to give the person the value of what you took when you robbed it. That was the beginning of the whole Patek. So, you got to pay him. Now, let's read inside the Rashi, very important. Let's buy a right? Six lines from the bottom, or seven lines from the bottom. That Kani Bishinoi Lerav Meir. Again, Rav Meir equates deviation means you're a robber. And what is the lin by a robber? These are good rules. That the moment you made a change, you acquire it. And So the only thing the dyer has to give to the wool owner is the price of the wool. He doesn't have to give them for anything else. Now, what happens if the owner of the wool says, you know what? Okay, I asked you red. I'll take the black. Now that you did it, I'll take it. Rav Meir says, you want to take the black? Pay him for the whole price. You got to pay him for black wool. Because he made a change. He's a robber. He acquired it, Bishinoi. It belongs to the dyer. Says Rabbi Yehuda, it's not fair. Says Rabbi Yehuda, how can it be that, first of all, he's not mamish a robber. He made a mistake. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
But still, says Rabbi Yehuda, but if halachically, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with Rav Meir, you deviate, you're a ganef, you're a gazlan. You can't have a gazlan benefiting, even though it was a mistake. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, Im the same thing we said before. Listen, you, you gave him raw wool. He's giving you back black wool. You don't want the black wool. But black wool is worth more than undyed wool. Got to pay him something. What? Well, look at the Yitzia. Look at the Shavach. Pay him the lesser. Same thing. Im HaShavach Yisrael Yitzia. Then give him the Yitzia. If the expenditure is more than the, than, than the improvements, in other words, the, the value of the black now, it's out of the season, is worth even less. Pay him for the improvements. Pay him the lesser amount, but he doesn't accept that of Mayor's opinion that now that Shinui Kaina, if you want it, you got to pay him for the full value. Good. First of all, the Gemara, we spoke this out when we learned the Mishnah. My card, right? When the Mishnah said that the dyer got the right color, but he did it ugly. What does that mean? He did it poorly. It means he used a dye that's called Kalbus. No, we don't know Aramaic. So my kalbus, so Amar Abar Shmuel, it means Dafkuf Aleph, Kafra Dudei. So Rashi teaches that which you wipe off the bottom of the pot. In other words, when you prepare dye, they used to take certain herbs, they used to cook it up, they used to cook it in a pot. And the liquid was the dye. But after you poured it out, it was always stuck in the bottom. You know, the hard, bad quality dye. And normally, an honest dyer would say, I have some of that, I'll charge you less. He didn't do that. You asked for a normal red dye, and he gave you inferior quality. That is the meaning of ka'or, to be continued.